Testing one, two, three, testing one, two, three. Testing one, two, three, testing one, two, three. Testing one, two, three, testing one, two, three. Testing one, two, three. Welcome here to Everybody Doesn't Eat Everyone's Gumbo. Man, I have Dewan Wilmer here from Gumbo Capital. Uh, man, Dewan, how you doing this evening? Doing fantastic. I can't complain. Oh man, just wanted to. We just been a, a long hiatus uh, for for uh, everybody. Doesn't eat everyone's gumbo, and uh, this is your host, uh, Dedrick Wilmer, and I have Dewan Wilmer here from Gumbo Capital. And man, we got to pick up where we left left off. We had a conversation over a year ago in the beginning of COVID, and uh, man, we've gone so far. So do do we call this post COVID, or do we call this we don't know? What do we call this right now? Um, I would say from an economic standpoint, we can call it post-COVID, um, even from a financial standpoint. Um, but from a personal standpoint, an everyday life standpoint, it really depends on your situation. Uh, exclusively to America and other various countries who had a really strong vaccination program, we can go ahead and call it um, so. But I look at countries like South Africa and even India a couple of months ago, where they're still dealing with the ramifications of the pandemic. So it's a mixed bag. Man, you couldn't say it any better. You know, before we go into dive in of today's topic, you know, uh, you know, I just uh, first, you know, Dewana, uh, you have a you got a, a, a surprise date for yourself tomorrow. Your birthday tomorrow. <laughs> happy birthday to I mean, the first to tell you happy birthday to you and everything. Amen. And oh, my pleasure. And, you know, and uh, and before we get into today's topic, I just I mean, we got a lot to cover and, you know, and in a short time and. You know, I want to talk about right now the craziness in various markets across the country. You know, at Gumbo Lending Group, uh, we, you know, we expanded to Louisiana uh, for consumer uh, mortgage banking uh, beginning of this year and back in January. And, you know, we service all of Louisiana, of course, all of Texas. And I was on a phone call today. One of my former uh, underwriters who is on my team and She's in Dallas. She was telling me that homes are selling a hundred thousand dollars above asking price up in North Texas, up in Frisco and Collin County. Can you believe that, man? Yeah, that's it's it's definitely a phenomenon to see. But you know, I would come to say, outside of the supply chain issues dealing with the you know, the entire lumber industry and a lot of things that go into buying homes, you know, of course, you know, everything is high tech now, so semiconductors, microchips. Um, I think it really has to do a lot just you know, with with the entire nature of the of the economy, especially with the monetary and fiscal support that we had. Well, now people just have a lot of cash on hand and the wage reports just came out today. So wages are rising. You know, people have 
feel like they have a lot more income, interest rates are low, and and, and more credit leverage to go out and purchase these homes. So now you have more of this demand pool inflation. And, you know, same thing we're seeing with all the shortages that appear in um, our discretionary, non-discretionary goods like food, like we just said, lumber, and even oil prices. So this is a, a theme that's playing across the board in the macro economy. So is it so what you're saying is that is it because the fact that you have the blue collar industry, white collar went back to work, senior leadership and white collar went back to work and you have true blue collar, which is our supply chain is back to work, which it relates to a lot of cash flow into the economy along with the stimulus. Because do you think do you think the Fed's pumping too much money into the economy, which it causes because everybody fears inflation. And sometimes, and this is not a political belief, but this is my, my you know, I, you know, I lend. So, you know, we're a financial institution. So I'm focusing on, you know, the opportunity for people to be able to pay their mortgage and be able to live a normal life. And if you say people to make $15 an hour working at a fast food entry job at a fast food restaurant, the price is going to go up. Chipotle announced today they're going to jump up on prices. You know, you ate Chipotle the other day. You know, I don't know if you know the prices are going up. So it's going to create inflation across the board. So regardless if you make fifteen dollars an hour, your bowl, your 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 bowl of guacamole with with meat and rice and all the rest of the stuff is going to cost you eleven bucks. What difference does yeah. it make? So you know, in, in 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 regards to inflation, uh, yes, in, in terms of wage rates, do um, have a high correlative standpoint with inflation. Um, but the dynamics that we're seeing in today's world is usually what, what ends up happening is firms start to make decisions, uh, of course, based on margins. And especially Chipotle, company like Chipotle being private, everything's about generating that EPS. Um, your shareholders want to see that EPS every single quarter. And EPS is uh, derived heavily by your free cash flow. Um, and also, too, your valuations. And that also is the ultimate is margins. So especially right now when food costs are higher. Um, and, and experiencing higher growth rates. And of course, wages are moving up at the same time. Yes, that, that cost is then going to be incurred on the consumer. Now, if your marginal revenue is not hurt by increasing wages, then of course you will see in you know, the you know, stagnant amount of prices then your wage rate goes up and then on the ladder, your consumption goes up. Um, well, right now we're getting a, you know, almost a mixed bag of those two dynamics where now consumption is being induced by way of fiscal support for the economy, uh, wages are rising and prices are rising. And I like to call that quad one. Um, and, th and that's my asset allocation process where you have growth and inflation accelerating. And this is when the overall general prices of goods start to go up, but it's two different dynamics. When people talk about inflation, there's two types of inflation. I call it sticky inflation and transitory inflation. And sticky inflation is that inflation that everyone fears and what everyone thinks is going to happen to where hey, this inflation is going to come and it's going to stick with us. But transitory inflation is usually that inflation induced by growth, a lot of demand pull, straining the supply chains and straining the margins, the recent earnings for these companies um, to allocate their cash, allocate their capital and restructure how they move cash around their uh, organization. Growth accelerates that fast, outpaces that. And that's usually when you see that impulse in pricing. I'll call it an economic imbalance. But as we know, within general economics, everything likes to come back down to an equilibrium. And that's kind of what I, uh, my models have projected, um, because once again, once the Fed 
when we see the Fed start to taper with their interest rates, and we all know how monetary policy works, interest rate curbs growth and inflation. Once we see that start to happen, and a lot of the, the, the pressures released off the bond market, way, uh, um, wages will look to subside. And once, we, like you said, the blue collar guys are going back to work, PMIs are rising again. So we're getting a lot of production happening again. Once we get the supply chain to meet the demand of a lot of our consumers and the rising consumption, you can start to see prices cool off a little bit. Oh, I hope so. I mean, that's the thing is now, you know, of course, you know, in in real, in, in, in real estate, you have new construction starts and you have existing home sales. So what had happened, in my opinion, and you're the expert at this, is that, you know, the prices of homes went up. Because I don't know if it has anything to do with the basic economic principle one on supply, you know, supply and demand. But when home builders say, hey, we're not going to build affordable housing because the cost of lumber skyrocketed ridiculous. And then, of course, that made the demand for existing homes be plentiful. You know, well, I ain't going to say plentiful, excuse me, to be in high demand. And it calls in certain markets. Every market is different in real estate. You know, just because a blogger write it up in Boston, Massachusetts, does not mean it's the same way to happen in St. Louis, Missouri. You know, every market is different. So let's make that clear, a lot and clear to our listening audience. Stop listening to bloggers and vloggers and everyone else that says every market is totally different. You know, and that's why uh, wage rates really play a big part in, in everything. Because of course, I feel like that's a lot derived a lot from the wages. Um, relative to different areas. Why well, you said it? Talk to me. Uh, so, if you do have a higher wage rate, and let's say like, um, like we like we talked about that, the demand pull inflation, you're gonna have a lot of consumers, mm-hmm. a lot more cash on hand relative to another sector of the economy. Well, hmm. if I'm going out in Boston, Massachusetts, where a gallon of milk, and this is just you know a, a wild number thrown out there, costs one seventy five rather than the gallon of milk in say uh, Dallas, Texas, costing a dollar. Those marginal 75 cents and you scale it up to larger products. A lot of the, once again, just like a company, how it grows, it grows on earnings, EPS and growth and the margins that they incur. Same thing, it works in your personal finances. If you're marginalizing relative to your wages, you have a lot more disposable cash on hand that nine times out of 10 will look you know, better on your credit reports and give you more access to buy things like homes. It's just, it's, it's really at the end of the day, a consumption model. And yeah. so- if your rage rates play in favor to buying things like homes, hey, then it, it, it's it's not a trickle down system to where, hey, we can just slap a, the same metric everywhere else. So if wages are almost certainly going to look different, like you said, in St. Louis and in Boston, the, the housing market is going to be completely different. Totally different. And that's the truth. And and that goes back to, you know, my next question to you, not really going to a new topic, is that, you know, with the real estate outlook for is new construction, do you assume, do you feel that, lumber prices are going to taper off. Uh, and of course, a lot of our lumber comes from the Pacific Northwest. Uh, and also, too, there's a lot of timber in the Deep South, uh, whereas it makes a lot of, you know, of course, toilet paper and paper towels, because you have paper that have to be produced. People still use paper, you know, uh, in a daily consumption of life. But also, too, you have to use wood, a different type of wood uh, that actually, you know, the framing of a house. Do you think that, you know, lumber prices would taper off in 3Q, 4Q? When I mean Q, that mean quarter, third quarter, fourth quarter, we last two remaining quarters of the year. So in terms of lumber prices um, really tapering off, once again, it goes back to the demand pool. 
uh, sentiment around the market. So um, even outside of our domestic production for lumber, we still get over 50% of our lumber uh, from Canada. And mm, I'm not sure know that. Know. Yeah, and I'm not sure if many, and especially lumber made for consumption, um, it, once again, in the commercial and residential housing market, I'm not sure if many know, but there has been a in, recent increase in tariffs um, with a lot of the restructured trade deals. Oh, so, so, so what you're saying, so you're saying, DeWan, going back, we are now going through the, everything that went through the, the previous administration with the tariffs from Canada, Mexico, and China, we're really feeling it right now. Yeah, and 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 honestly, the pressure is still rising because once again, America does have to solve its twin deficit issue. And this is just one of the byproducts of that. Um, but it's extrapolated to the point to where now, because of tariffs, because of the, the, the demand pool inflation, you know, lumber prices, they tripled over the past year. And on average, the NHAB says that it's shown an increase in housing prices, aggregate $35,872. Um, and it, on the macroscopic level of things, it added nearly $13,000 to the market value of an average new multifamily home. And we're not even talking about single family home. Yeah, because people so, just assume that it's that single family is owning people's houses. No, yeah, multifamily. That's where majority of Americans are occupied in multifamily exactly. houses and, across and the nation. Once again, just like we talked about those wage rates and your, your margins, because margins are everything. And when it comes down to finances, margins, margins, margins. And if you want to break those numbers down, that translates to households paying $119 a month more to rent a new apartment. Um, and let alone what the numbers look like for single and multifamily homes that you own. So it's the, now when we, that's the, that's kind of plays a part of the quad system when we have growth and inflation accelerating one has to one like i said e economics searches for equilibrium so one has to pop and whether that be inflation or whether that be growth that's what's going to have to mitigate this entire parabolic movement that we're seeing across pricing um, across the board and, and and this is the interesting conversation that we're having a, a day ahead of the cpi readings coming out tomorrow and what's the cpi well, explain it to our listening audience what the cpi readings and what do they mean about this so the CPI is a measurement of goods prices across the across the U.S. It measures basically anything from non-discretionary goods uh, to your discretionary goods, meaning hey, your milk, your bread, your groceries, and also to things like you know toys, used cars, things like that. So um, it's the consumer price index. So mm -hmm. just think about anything you buy and measures the prices. It's just like watching the Dow Jones, the S and P five hundred. And saying, hey, did this move up? Did this move down? Same thing, but just imagine it being inflation. And so that reading is supposed to come out tomorrow. And it does play a large implication within the bond market, um, which is also going to control a lot of the prices that we see later. Um, and if anyone is concerned about inflation, the bond market is a very excellent indicator for that. And this is why I, you know, the bond market is showing um, that this is inflation is going to be transitory, just like we we're talking about. Demand pull... You guys are consuming a lot more, and it's 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 causing a lot of strain in the supply chain. Once we get to, go ahead. No, no, you go ahead, please, please continue. And 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 once we get that, once again, like the equilibrium we were talking about. Once we match that equilibrium, then I feel like once again, prices are going to cool off because the five-year break-even, your ten-year yields, which touched an all-time low today, they 
it's not their investors aren't showing any fear of inflation. And this is the derivative of the entire credit market, which fuels the housing market. It's not showing mm-hmm. any fears of sticky inflation. And that's why I don't really think that these housing prices are here to continue to skyrocket. Hey, okay. See, that's what I was thinking, because the one and and first before I can even go to my statement, the one, how do the world and I, the, the whole entire world can reach out to you for your services? The one, give me your contact information because again, uh, you can get some great, great financial advice and direction from Dewan. So Dewan, share me your, your, your best contact to reach out to you. Yeah. So uh, you could reach me at my, my personal number. That would be 832-593-1791. And also, too, go ahead and check out my content. I post macro theme articles and also offer a plethora of services tailored around economics and finance. And that you can reach that at uh, my website, which is gumbocapital.com. And that's spelled G-U-M-B-E-A-U-X, capital C-A-P-I-T-A-L dot com. Perfect. 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 And again, Dewan Wilmer of Gumbo Capital here with us on this episode of Everyone, Everybody Does Eat Everyone's Gumbo. And as I, you know, again, I, I've always seen, you know, in South Louisiana, when Katrina happened, price of housing back in New Orleans never went down. Uh, I was thinking of the same thing based on posts, you know, you know, post catastrophic events, the prices go down and you just kind of rest assured it is. So to me, I've said privately and sometimes publicly, and I say publicly today, I don't think it's a great idea in certain markets to be buying houses right now, uh, based on if you're going to be paying a house, you know, 25, 30 to 40 percent or greater, you know, asking price from last year, you know, because is we go again, it's almost you're going to create yourself an up down situation. People talk about cars that, you know, cars are appreciating right now. First, I have in history, you know, is that going to go back down to basics? If home by if the homes are going to go back down to basics. So it's kind of like, where do we go? What is your outlook in June the 10th? I'm going to give you birthday in 2022. What is your outlook there for the real estate um, market and as well as interest rates? OK, as far as rates, um, that's a lot of speculations happening about rates in the Fed. Um, they're getting really aggressive with their security purchases. So they're going to, of course, keep the rates low to balance those, um, the interest on excess reserves and a lot of repurchase agreements that they're doing with the bank. So that's going to create a plethora of dynamics. Um, for as pricing, it once again, it, like we said, that bond market is going to be a tall tale. Um, and of course, the Fed being the main derivative of the bond market action. But I would really key the five-year break-evens um, leading up to the next quarters and once the Fed makes decisions based on the performance of those, we will kind of get a clearer picture. But as of now, I like everything to run pretty hot um, up until 2022, possibly into 2023. And then we can talk about tapering because at this point, the Fed wants to mitigate all the lost consumption from 2020, like we talked about earlier. And if they can get consumption to match our, our, our pre-COVID, and this is probably why we should call it post-COVID at this point, um, from an economic standpoint, if the Fed wants us to match that uh, pre-COVID consumption level, and of course, not even just the level, but the growth rate, we're going to have to consume a whole lot more. And once again, that's going to further continue to put supply chain strains upon our economy. So until we see the Fed taper, assets and consumer goods will run relatively hot. And once wow. again, just like we talked about with housing price and housing, it's just like an asset. You know, everyone wants to get in the stock market and cryptocurrencies today. 
and I'm pretty sure watching the YouTube courses they know that everyone wants to watch, you've learned to say, hey, buy low, sell high. Yes. And and and, and if and if housing prices are distasteful and they're in, in for you as a consumer at this point, there's no reason to go out and buy. You're already complaining about the, the pricing. You know intrinsically you've already priced yourself out. So it's just best to sell. I mean, best to settle, not sell. It would be great to sell right now, but where are you going to go? But just settle. That's, all, that's what I always say, Duane. If you buy, if you sell, where would you go? I mean, exactly. you know, it's kind of like stay put. put. Yes. yes. Exactly. And once again, this goes back to the thematic of margins. But I think it's best to settle. And, and if you're a homeowner, and of course, you can you can add on to this. If you have, if 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 consumers can't make price because everyone loves to make price. That's that's just the art of negotiation. You want to make your price. You want to take price. But if everyone is now forced to take price and you are the holder of the asset, just like in any financial derivative, stock, crypto, whatever you want to call it, because housing is an investment and I feel like people really need to capture that. You, If you can make price and you hold on the asset, hey, why not take advantage of your price making abilities? Hey, for me, I think if you own a house right now, you should be looking to cash out refi, especially and with these products. That, in the I, 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 and that's and that's something I stress to everyone. You know, I don't care. Even in Texas, where you have some limitations on cash out refinancing, please cash out. Give us a call here at Gumbo Lending Group here and all of our markets. Uh, our main number is 713-396-2995. Uh, if you're in the clean uh, Fort Hood area in Central Texas, give us a call at 254 952-7799. Uh, also to my other markets that we serve in South Louisiana. You were saying give us a call there. Number you can reach us in our in our New Orleans Metro Baton Rouge. You can reach us at area code 985-804-1467. Or you can reach us and go straight online to Gumbo Lending Group. It's Gumbo Lending. G-U-M B for Boy E-A-U-X Lending L-E-N-D-I-N-G dot com. Gumbolending.com. And, you know, and the one I want to close this out, just want to, you know, just talk about for as, you know, cash or refinancing, um, you know, if the equity in it, and I just want to explain in layman's term to everyone. If everyone if values are going up so high, take that money and you don't have to go get a hundred thousand dollars cash out. You can go and get your contract to say how much it's going to cost in order to push to do the improvements. And it puts six months to a year of mortgage payments in the bank, okay, in an in interest-bearing account where you have strong reserves. So when the market does, you know, come back to life, you can sell it and buy you another home with the cash that you took out in the equity. Use it work to your advantage. So get your contractor to modernize your house. Put some granite. Put some nice flooring. Put some nice paint. Modernize the home. And, and redo your bathroom. Make your if you go to visit hotels and the bathroom is nice, you know, give the people the same type of appeal. And then take some extra money and let it sit, you know, or invest it, you know. And then so you can be able to get ahead of the curve when the market cools down, you know, in the next you know months from now. What's your thoughts about precisely? And and I think you you had a key when you were talking about the interest bearing nature. You you want to be an interest bearing in an interest bearing nature when interest is extremely low, especially as a consumer. This goes back to what we just talked about: price making, price taking. When it comes to rates, you are not a price maker of rates. Thou, those are the big guys. 
these are the, we're talking about the Fed. We're talking about yourself and lending. These guys are the, the holder of rates. And as a consumer, you will not be in that position. So like we said, take advantage of your opportunities, your resources. While a lot of your depository institutions are focusing on their non-interest-bearing uh, non deposits, why don't you focus on your, your interest-bearing assets? This is how you win the economic game, and this is how you win the long run. It's definitely not going to be a get-rich-quick scheme that everyone tries to chase. <laughs> this is a true. responsible yeah. decision <laughs> to where if you yeah. want to be rich, this is, this is a great stepping stone. This is a stepping stone to continue to make price in your, in your other aspects of life. Make price in your home and you see the domino effect. Man, you could say that any better. Uh, the one, I want to give you the closing, um, the closing mic. Uh, first, let them know again how to reach out to you. And I, and I want you to set the tone on, we're going to talk about in our next episode. But for right now, what would you advise individual for do you recommend about a house right now do you recommend if they if they if they're if they're in a home what should they do for cash out refinancing right term if they don't own a home what should they do so give them the approach that you advise your client in both of those verticals okay so if i'm currently in a home right now i think the the blatant answer is to cash out refi see how much equity you can get out of your home and make investments as you see right and hey maybe if you need to Get into a little bit of consumption to offset any future liability hey that's that's you but if you can have more cash on hand right now that that's everything you can ask especially in the time where prices are rising and maybe you might need to start that reserve fund um uh given any you know god forbid any you know terrible situation arise um but if i am not currently in a house um this is one thing i did uncover the house to rent the own to rent index right now is approaching its all time highs, the highest it's mm. been since 1940. So wow. I would really take a step back. If you're rent, if you feel like your rent prices are exorbitant and you can get a better cash flow, and I'm talking about month to month, um, by buying a house, even with prices being higher, I would go ahead and take that risk. Once again, yeah. it comes yeah. down to cash flows. See how your monthly inflows and outflows are in terms of cash and compare the two, uh, the two, the two options. Um, like I said, right now, cash is the derivative, cash is king. Um, so once again, analyze what is the best opportunity for me to make as much cash month by month on the micro scale. Now, if you do have excess, if you, there's really no opportunity for you to, uh, if you want to go, if you're still building your credit, you're not in the position to buy a home, you don't own a home right now, if you do have excess cash, your best bet, if you want to jump in the financial world and you want to jump in the interest game municipal bonds and corporate bonds are your best way to go. This is how you join this exact game we've been talking about today. And you thank me later. Man, DeWan, you couldn't say it any better. DeWan Wilmer, managing partner and chief advisor of Gumbo Capital. I want to thank you for being with us on this episode, our first episode, again, for 2021 here on Everybody Doesn't Eat Everyone's Gumbo. And DeWan, again, I want to tell you, man, much love to you. Happy birthday to you. Um, and uh, and the one man, uh, any plans for your birthday, or are you just uh, any you got planned for yourself for the rest of the month for you, and any any things you got going on? Um, nothing really extravagant, just in, in enjoying my time off from school, uh, for the brief yes. moment, and of course, just keeping up with the markets as usual. And uh, the one is a SMU uh, uh student going to his uh, junior year, and 
and of course, you know, and, and got a bright future ahead of him, uh, which I, I know for a fact that he, you know, in uh, many years to come, he will be a household name in some shape, form, or fashion. Uh, and whatever that is, it will be something special and great to see. And I'm looking, I hope God willing, be looking forward to seeing that and everything else. So this concludes uh, the episode, the first one in 2021 of Everybody Doesn't Eat Everyone's Gumbo. Have a great day. Have a good evening. And I always close this off. Again, keep hope, keep pride, keep peace, keep joy, and it's pursuit of happiness in your life. If you keep on your vision towards that, everything will always work in your favor. Stay blessed, and you have a great evening. Take care. Bye-bye.